Welcome to our inaugural Article 23 podcast. I'm Sonia Nkutsik and I'm absolutely delighted to be your host. Now, I'm a deeply pragmatic lover of work and all things people. Uh, and to be honest, I'm a bit of a self-professed industrial relations nerd, but I promise I will keep that at bay um, just for today's podcast, but I'd love to talk to anybody over the coffee about that. I'm really pleased to be joined by two incredible people. Uh, to my right, I have James Hancock. Cool. Thanks, Sonia. I'm an HR returner who absolutely loves to observe and listen um, to understand people and organizations. And I'm also secretly a little bit glad that IR will be contained just to the coffees that (laughs) Sonia and I have. And I'm really passionate about where technology can help make work better for more of us. And to my left, I have Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here too. I know all three of us, we've been asked to do this podcast for so long and we keep putting it off. But here we are and we're ready to go and we're very excited to be here. I am a very determined optimist and I firmly believe that we can create a much, much better future of work that's more inclusive for more of us if more of us join the conversation. So that's what we want to do. And secretly, I also like a bit of data to back things up, um, much better than an urban myth or someone's opinion. I like to know exactly where things are going factually. Um, but like Sonia, I'll try and keep that little bit in check. Yeah, good luck with that. Rhonda cannot ever stop talking about data, but it'll be useful for you. It'll be useful for you. So let's jump right in. What is Article 23 all about? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) If you can have a favorite article, this is mine. So um, Article 23 of the International Declaration of Human Rights enshrines the right to work as a fundamental human right. And it absolutely shows how important work is to us. Um, we can moan and groan about going to work and don't like my job and everything else, but that's when we have the luxury of having a job. But what we do know is that a job is fundamental to our identity, to belonging, to contribution to community, and, and also the entree into financial freedom and independence, the right to make decisions about your own life. And that's super, super important. And we also know when we're working with groups of people like people on the autistic spectrum, who I work with a lot, the inability to get work when they really want to and can contribute really well is also a great cause of depression, sadness, Mm -hmm. real effects on relationships and families. And so that protection from not having a job. But work and how it's designed is pretty ordinary. So how do we have that conversation in a very different way than we've had in the past? There is obviously a huge aspiration in that. It makes us so excited. So what are some other things around that? So why should we talk about work? When we'll design this podcast, there's really two big reasons behind that. And the first one is really quite logical, that it is a huge part of our lives. So as a percentage, we've got James and Rhonda crunching the data and mm. me, you know, drawing a chicken in the background. But <laughs> as a percentage, we've got... Pretty you rubbish know, chicken. <laughs> exactly. But it's lovely coloured. So as a percentage... Our work, our life, sorry, work represent, represents 65% of our overall life. So more than our marriage, more than our kids, more than the things we love to do on the weekends, mm. work is where we put our energy. So we really need to own that and actually start to talk about it. It's super important. Couldn't agree more. And I think the second reason we've already touched on a little bit is that work isn't perfect now. It's a little bit crap. And we are firmly of the belief that everyone needs to step in and help design what the future of work looks like to be better for more of us. We talk a lot about excessive hours, horrible bosses. We hear about bullying or that annoying colleague. That just means you're not able to give your best at work, which doesn't make sense given how long we spend there. We all have the right to make our best contribution. um, And with how few are included at work now, we just have room to improve and we can do a lot better. 
And I think we saw that in some of the work we did last year with yeah, with Jeff Pfeffer. Pfeffer. Yeah, and his book, Dying for a Paycheck. Yeah, statistically showing how many people actually die from the work and the way we're working at the moment. And, and just, it's so tragic, isn't it, that the impact your boss can have, have on your life, your um, long hours, excessive stress, and there's just a better way to design work. I absolutely agree. And to be honest, I think some of our solutions now for dealing with it are actually, you know, freeze your eggs so you can have a baby at 50. may not be the solution we want to be having forever. Doesn't sound ideal. Was that the tech company? I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving right along. So what exactly are we going to talk about? Now, when you look at the world of work, there are literally a billion topics. Mm. Um, And without going into a million rabbit holes, we've agreed on some really big things that we know that you want to hear about. So the first one is every person at work and how you make the most of it. So we read a lot about bosses and board people, chair people, chairperson. What is the right term for that? Chairman, chairwoman? Chair. Yeah. Chair? Like physical chair? Like, yeah, like chair. Okay, yeah. furniture. Wooden chair. Yeah, it, makes it, it makes it sound like the person's just sitting there and not really doing anything, a bit innate. But um, depending on where you're looking, that may or may not be <laughs> So we've got this piece of furniture. So if you're not, you know, if you don't have a big title behind you, that's okay. You know, we're going to look at the things that matter most, how you get work, how you build a great career, how you get along with people, how you solve problems, how you find better ways. This is absolutely within your grasp. And we work with amazing people all the time who just need simple, practical advice to help them navigate this space and really help them give their best. Yeah, and that's absolutely when we uh, ask people about this. They want to know about leadership and they want that practical lens like Sonia mentioned. Gone are the days when leaders could just sit in the big corner office and send an email from that throne. Maybe there's a few chairs in there as well that aren't being used. (laughs) But they're expected to be present all of the time, switched on, warm, be great at communicating, motivate people and inspire, act with strong ethics, honesty, integrity all of the time, and anything else you could name and think of. We expect that of leaders. We talk to people all of the time as well, a wide range of leaders at whatever level they are in an organization, across every industry you could think of, public, private, big, small, government entrepreneurs and not-for-profits. What we know is that many of those leaders have been great specialists, they know how to make a great speech, they can win new business or a new client, make some great products and deliver fantastic services. But when you break it down to something that's seemingly simple, like a tough conversation with their team, about their performance needing to lift, they'd rather talk to a lawyer, avoid the conversation, maybe even freeze their eggs because they just go to water. (laughs) So when you put it like that, that someone in their team, their role could be impacted, that conversation and getting in front of it kind of makes sense and is something we think that they should probably be able to do as a leader. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about those types of things. I love those two topics. So every person is giving them really gritty information on how to get ahead and how to make the most of their work and have the biggest impact they can have. I mean, this is their life to make the most of. Second thing about leadership, super important. And the third thing we're adding into that is small entrepreneurial businesses and even big ones and getting the really foundations of the people space right. Um, Now, there's been... Some really great research. A couple of years ago, I told you I keep my data and research in check, but I can't help myself. Um, Bankwest Curtin Economic Center did a review of small business and what impacts them. And number one killer of a small business is cash flow, and we knew that. Um, everyone would expect that. The second one was people. And the third one was the mental health and well-being of the owner. And so those three things, two of them are people. They're really about the people space. Now, when we get in under the, under the sheets, is that the right word? Under the covers. Under the covers. Now it sounds a bit Now you sound sexy. like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but we'll, we'll if let we're you getting know. under yeah, we'll the under the up. under the something um, of a small and, and entrepreneurial business, what we actually find in there is that they've often had lots and lots of really complicated advice on how to build structures and controlling elements. We've seen a 42-page employment contract, which just blew my mind. We've seen policies on how to have lunch, how to have a birthday, and what clothes to wear. And for want of a better term, it sort of looks like when good people go legal, because some of these business leaders are great, um, but then someone's wrapped so much legal stuff around them, it's gone all a bit crazy. We think there are five really simple core processes to get right, plus a good dose of strong, visible leadership, and you can really do the people space beautifully and eliminate number two and three off that list of things that will kill a business. Thank you. So there's a huge amount to achieve and we've got a, a significant list of topics that you know our clients and our community have been kind of sending over to us saying, please talk about this, please talk about that. And we're going to chip them off one by one. But the first thing we want to talk about is absolutely fundamental to who we are at MOI and it is a signature part of our mindset, which is something we're calling the decent human test. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it as well. I think we're- we have to stop saying we love our yeah. stuff so much. <laughs> Yeah, we, but let's say for today, we love it. We love everything we create. No. Um, so there's probably three questions that sit under this. And the first one, unsurprisingly, is are you a decent human? What that means is, do you act with honesty, integrity? Are you trustworthy? I think it also means, do you offer your time, effort and skills to help others? Would others look at your actions and be comfortable you were doing the right thing? And my personal favorite measure is if you spoke to your grandmother would she understand what you're doing and would she think that it's right? And we know that grandmothers are typically tough markers and will absolutely call you out on any deviation from decency. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably be smacked as well, if I'm honest. Yeah, absolutely. my grandmother was very, very tough bar, but a good bar. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved getting her approval. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's question one. Question two is, are you doing what matters? And this is a really good test of your time because it's, are you courageously doing what matters, not taking the easy path or the path of least resistance? but actually doing the work that matters. And it comes down to personal accountability. Are you giving your best to do what is most important without someone reminding you eight times a day? The hardest work and the most important work is often the work that doesn't just matter today, it matters tomorrow as well. And it is about balancing the tricky things. Like everyone can do the easy things, but you're balancing people and the environment, your own well-being and the well-being of the others around you, your business and your clients and customers' well-being, your team and the greater good with the community. So that's personal accountability and a great lens, not only across yourself, but across, but also about how you bring people into your team and whether they're going to be that sort of person. Mm. And on that point around the team, you know, this is a third question of the decent human test is, are you good for others? So you look at that and you say, are you generous? And this isn't a, you know, a bit of a BS, yes, I donated some money, but are you a seriously generous leader or a serious generous uh, contributor? This is your knowledge, your time, your energy, your enthusiasm, maybe throwing your weight behind a project. Um, the next one is, do you lean in and help? Even when it's not your job and you don't have time, if you've got something valuable to add, do you actually put some skin in the game and do that? Um, do you answer questions, not just what was asked, but do you actually think about what information a person or team needs to get something done and actually answer in that vein rather than the, you know, I'm going to save 10 minutes doing this if I kind of just give you the quick and dirty. Um, are you such, op- such great questions. I know. And they're hard ones. To, you know, questions. Every day we need to really be looking at these things and kind of measuring ourselves up, not to be self-critical, but really to keep us on track with the things that matter most. Um, there's one thing I just wanted to add to question three, which is, you know, are you open to others, which is especially, especially those that are not like you? So if you want to be great for your team, mm-hmm. it's actually being open, present and available for all the different views and opinions, even when they don't kind of 
suit your narrative to what you might want them to be. That's what that's what matters mm. most. So look. Thank you for today. We've covered an absolute lot of ground. Um, we're looking so forward to next week where we're going to be talking on something Rhonda touched on, which is visible leadership and looking at the shadow that you cast as a leader. Now, we know you might be absolutely awesome inside your head, but how do you actually show people that? Next week, we'll show you how to do that. So thank you for having us. And yeah, if thank you, you very much. Yeah, It's actually been quite good fun. I got I was really nervous, but it was quite good. It was very <laughs> fun. And I know that you're not going to be able to wait till next week, just quietly. So <laughs> I really encourage you to check out moi.live. So www.moi.live. We've got an amazing website with a heap more content and pragmatic information. Please check it out. Um, and that is a big moi from us. From all of us, yeah. Thank you. See you later. Moi.